Hello and welcome. Thanks for joining us here at Believer's Victory Church. Today we have an inspiring, powerful message that will change your life. Let's listen in as Pastor Peggy Heal teaches us from the Word of God. Praise the Lord. Aren't you glad for God's presence? Amen? Thank you, Lord. So thankful for His presence. Glory to you, Lord. You know, before we get going in our service, I just want to, we just need to pray. Uh, you know, we've been in these moments so many times where we're praying for something that's happened. And uh, I know we've all seen the news. I saw it last night about what happened in El Paso. And, um, you know, and we think about, you know, what happened there. And all the, you know, this morning people woke up and their loved ones were gone. And, and that's a heartbreaker. It breaks our heart. And the way that it happened, you know, when things like that happen, the world will try to tell you that thoughts and prayers are not enough. Prayer is always the answer. The right kind of prayer. Because the Bible says the effectual, so you know what that tells me? There is ineffectual prayer. The effectual prayer. That's prayer according to the word of God. The effectual prayers of a righteous man. And you know what? A, Jesus makes us righteous. He makes, he puts us in right standing with God. That's what righteous means. I'm in right standing with God because Jesus made me righteous. And so my prayers, when I pray according to the word, the Bible says that it makes much power available. God's power. How many of us would agree that it's God's power that our nation needs? Yeah. Amen. It's not more politics, it's not more laws, it's not more of all that stuff. That, that may help, but what our nation needs, what every nation needs, what every situation, every person needs, is the power of God. Yeah. And there's only one problem with effectual prayer, we don't do it. So if all we do is type it on Facebook, oh, thoughts and prayer, yeah, that is useless. Amen. That's useless. Go ahead. But when we go before the throne of God, yeah. when we go and we go boldly and we lift our nation up and we lift our leaders up and we pray according to the word, there is nothing more powerful than that. Because there's nothing more powerful than the power of God. And so I would encourage all of us. The Bible says that we are commanded. It's not a suggestion. It's not a, hey, if you feel like it. It's not a, hey, if you like him or her. We are commanded to pray for those who are in authority over us. And those prayers will make a difference. And if you're here today and you say you're one of those people that, you know, you're like, I only pray for people I like, you are in sin. The Bible says we're commanded to pray. Commanded to pray. And so I would just encourage us, don't get so caught up in what's wrong. Get, let's get more caught up in what's right. Amen. Amen? The prayers of a righteous man are right. And that's what's needed. Pray for the families. Pray for, for what has happened. Pray for those, the responders. Pray for our nation that healing would come. Pray, for, pray that God would send. You say, well, I don't, I don't know who the people are that do these kinds of things. God does. That's right. You know? And as we pray healing and as we pray uh, protection and as we pray that evil plans and evil plots are exposed, 
You know what? They will be. Amen. But we gotta, we got to pray. Amen? And so let's pray. Let's pray for the people that, and those of you maybe haven't watched the news or been online, there is a, another, another shooting in El Paso, Texas. Several people died. There's one this morning. Jeez. Oh, 19 more people? Oh, in El Paso. That is horrific. Let's never get where we're just like, oh, it's another shooting either. Just because they're common, let's never make them common. Amen? It's horrible. So let's pray. Because you know what? Right here, this is the answer. This is the answer. And so, Father, we just pray in the name of Jesus. Lord, our hearts are broken for so much loss, for so much tragedy, so, because it leads to division and chaos. It leads to hatred. It leads to more problems. And, Father, our hearts are broken for what has happened and is happening in our nation. But, Lord, we thank you that you are the answer you are the answer, not a religious idea of you, a twisted idea of you, but the great I am. You are the answer. And so, Father, we pray for our nation. We pray for the people of our nation that we would come to a, to a revelation knowledge of who you are. We would come to revelation knowledge of your love and your mercy and your grace and your will. We would come to a place where we would love one another the way you've instructed us to. We thank you, Lord, that you are still the great I am. And we stand against the evil and the plans of the devil to destroy and to take lives. Lord, your word says that the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I thank you, Lord, that you've come to bring a life. So we pray for uh, El Paso. We pray for Ohio. We pray for the people that are close to this situation. Father, we pray that what the enemy has meant for bad, what the enemy has meant to destroy, what the enemy has meant to, to divide, that, Lord, somehow in your goodness, in your mercy, in your love, that you will turn this where it will draw us together and not further apart. Lord, we pray for those who are mourning right now, and we thank you that your word says that you mourn with those who mourn. That Holy Spirit, you bring them comfort. That we ask for laborers who would represent you well, who would show the one true God, the great I am, to those who need him most. That they would come. You would equip them, fill their mouths with the right words to say, and help them. Father, we stand against for anyone else who's sitting alone somewhere and contemplating doing such evil. Lord, we would ask that that plan would be exposed to those who need to know, to the authorities, to a family member, to someone. 
that you would bring it to light, Lord, so that it would be stopped. Father, we release our authority to the level we can. We release it right now in the name of Jesus. And we just thank you, Lord, for healing in our nation, for wisdom for, our, for those in authority over us. And we thank you, Lord, that you are the answer. You are the answer. And Lord, we, we yield ourselves to you. We say, Lord, use us to those who are hurting and so, so off in their head that they would do such a thing, that you would, you would use believers to come across their path, to speak truth to them, to tell them that you are here for them, that their plan is not the answer, that you are. You are the answer. Father, we just thank you. We thank you that our prayers are not empty words. It is not a waste of time. It is not useless. But our prayers make much power available. And Father, we just see your power being made available in El Paso for those families, for those people, in Ohio for those families, for those people. We believe that. We're faith people. And we believe your word is true. In Jesus' name. So I'll say amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen. Oh, how heart, heart, heartbreaking. But our prayers, amen, it's our prayers. Don't, don't, let the, the, don't let what people say change what you know is true. Prayer does change things. Amen? Prayer does change things. Prayer does make things different. And what we need is the power of God. You know, there's a, a scripture... I actually have it in my notes from a message today. I'm terrible about remembering certain things, but let me get to it real quick. Just give me one second. It's in Romans. Romans, Romans, Romans. Hold on. It talks about that how things will be worse. Oh, here it is. Romans 5.20. It says, where sin abounded... Where sin abounded, how many would agree that sin is abounding? Sin is abounding, it's getting worse. And the Bible says that it will get worse. We shouldn't be surprised that things get worse. But there's more to that scripture. Where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. Grace abounded much more. No matter how dark things get, darkness can never overpower light. Never. Never. No matter how dark a room is. No matter how dark a room is. Actually, Harold, oh, that, that will be on. This room, when you turn out all the lights because we've blacked everything out, it gets so dark. But all you got to do is put the light on your phone and it lights up all around you. No matter how dark the world gets, when you let the light of Jesus in you out, you will light up the area around you. So never let the enemy convince you that there's no hope, that there's nothing you can do, that it's too much for you, that one person can't change anything because one person can bring light to a dark place who has Jesus. It's never 
Darkness will never overpower light. We are the hope of the world. Think of every problem this world has. Every problem this world has. Every evil thing you can think of. Every problem, everything. And then remind yourself of the power of God. You say, well, why isn't God doing it? God works in us to work through us. We need to do. We need to shine that light. Shine it more. The brighter you let that light shine, the more you push back that darkness. Amen? There is hope. There's always hope. Because the hope of glory lives on the inside of us. Amen? And I'll tell you, the world needs to know that. Because the enemy, I don't think any of us would be shocked to realize, and if you don't realize, then you're, you're, you've got your head buried in the sand. You've got your butt sticking up. Because the reality is, the enemy is doing everything he can to take down Christians. Everything he can. To take down the word, to take down our voice. He's, he's making us be quiet because the world has so much to say whenever we say anything. Making our beliefs seem like they are outdated or even hate speak, which is ridiculous. But let's be honest, how many of us have been a little quieter because the voices against us have gotten louder? If we're honest in here, probably most of us. But we can't let that happen. Because what the world needs is more of what we have. We have Jesus. That's the answer. More government is not the answer. More Jesus is the answer. Because it doesn't matter how much government you have. If you don't have Jesus, it's not going to be the answer. Amen? And so I would just encourage all of us, when you see darkness abounding, remind yourself, but grace abounded much more. Much more. Say, I can't handle this. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Because of the grace of God. I don't know what to do. Yes, you do. Because of the grace of God. I'm not able. Yes, you are. Because of the grace of God. Amen? All God's grace. Grace is God's riches. God's riches. All of the goodness of God. The power of God. The wisdom of God. The ability of God. That's God's grace. And it is for me. It enables me. It equips me to live a life of Christ. We've got all we need to live the life God's called us to because grace abounds much more. God knew the trouble we'd have in the times we're in. It's not a surprise. And so he gave it, grace abounds much more. Amen? Much more. We have what we need. Look at your neighbor and say, you've got what you need. You've got what you need. You got Jesus. Amen? What else do we need? What else do we need? Amen, amen. Oh, let's pray. Speaking of prayer, you know, I mean, it seems like whenever we begin uh, our 21 days of prayer, we do it in the beginning of the year, and then we do it right around in August, the middle of the year. It's, it's you know, prayer's always needed, but it's, it seems like whenever we've done it, it's, it's needed more. And uh, I encourage you, come to prayer. If you can only come 10, 15 minutes, come. We pray from 7 to 8 every Monday through Friday, then on Saturday from 9 to 10. And if you can't come, pray where you are. 
If, you want, if you're at work or you're somewhere, you're at home and you can't be here, but you, you want to be here, FaceTime us. We'll do it, we'll, we'll do it uh, fancy. We'll tech you in. It's better than nothing. Amen? FaceTime us. And you can pray with us. Because prayer matters. Prayer matters. And prayer changes things. Amen? All right. Well, I have a message for you, and it's actually a per- perfect message for today. Although, God knows what's happening. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew 17. Matthew 17. We're going to look here. Say, I got what I need. I got what I need. I got what I need. Now, before we get into our scriptures, I just want to give you a rundown of Matthew 17. And for those of us who don't know, we know that the Bible is, is, is broken up into two parts. We've got the Old Testament, which is the book of the law, the Old Covenant, and then we have the New Testament. And this is when Jesus comes on the scene. And how many know whenever Jesus comes on the scene, everything changes? And so everything changed. And, and he came to fulfill the law. And I know that sounds like, what does that even mean? Well, it, we live in the New Testament. And so in the New Testament, the Gospels, the first books of the Bible, that's the life of Jesus. And it, and, it, and it takes him from when he was born all the way to his death. And so the Gospels are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And it's really, the Gospels are four, four different people inspired by the Holy Ghost telling the story and the events of when Jesus walked on the earth. And so we look here in Matthew 17, and, and if you say, man, I want to I learn more about Jesus, I tell everybody, Pastor Angel said it a couple weeks ago, you want to learn about Jesus, read the book of John over and over and over again. You say, well, why John? Because every writer, just like if I'm going to tell a story, I'm going to tell it, and then if Angel tells the same story, how many know he's going to tell it a little bit different? It's going to be the same story, but his personality is going to, he's going to bring out details that maybe I didn't bring out. And then Scott's going to tell the same story. It's going to be the same story, but he's going to bring out things that maybe he, uh, Angel and I didn't see. And then, and then Anthony over here, Anthony's got, so you know, I love talking with Anthony because it, we would have meetings when Anthony worked here and, and we'd all be sitting around and he'd be pretty quiet. And then all of a sudden he'd just be like, boom, a truth bomb would come out and be like, whoa, where did that come from? You know, he just has such a such a he's very he's super smart and he just has such a way of seeing things and understanding them and he would like he would say some he's saying the same thing the same story but how it's different and so the holy ghost how many know he uses us he uses our he works through us and when you work through me guess what you're going to get a little of my personality you're going to get a little bit of how i'm made and so i'm going to tell a story and, and I, i'm going to tell it one way scott's going to tell it and scott always has his hands going when he's talking and right and then and he's going to he's going to tell he's going to get excited about things and he's so passionate you know he's going to he's going to do that and then anthony's going to come he's going to give us the smart way of looking at everything but we're all going to tell the same story and so the reason that I always say read the book of John is because one of the things that John focused on the most was God's love. In every situation, even though if you ever read the book of John, you realize that he was always telling on the other disciples. He was always like, oh, Peter did this, you know. He's always like, oh, and this guy. And then he called himself the one the Lord loved. Isn't that funny? He'd be like, and the one the Lord loved beat Peter to the tomb. You know, or whatever. I mean, it just, that's, I mean, he really wrote like that. And, but the thing, the reason I always say read the book of John is because he focuses so much on God's love. And so he's telling the same story, but he's telling it from a place of God's love. 
And so here we've got Matthew, and so we're looking here in Matthew 17, and I just want to tell you, like, this is a big chapter. Every, Bible, every book in the chapter in the Bible is a big chapter, but this is a really big one, because a lot happened in this chapter. And so in this chapter, and I'm just, you don't have slides for this, I'm just going to read these, we have the Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. How many have ever heard of that? That's a pretty big deal, right? And then we have where the demon-possessed boy is healed. Remember, we talk about that. We're talking about prayer and fasting because uh, the disciples tried to heal him, and then they couldn't do it, and they go to Jesus, and they're like, why couldn't we do it? And he said, you faithless and perverse generation, right? And he, showed, he said, some things call for prayer and fasting. And so we see where Jesus kind of sets the disciples straight again, like he always does. And then we see where Jesus talks about his death and his resurrection. And then we see over in verse number 24, this is where Peter and, and Jesus pay taxes, right? And so how many can see this is a pretty big chapter? And in the middle of this chapter, we have something that's really powerful and talks about our faith. And I think it's perfect for us today. And it's in Matthew chapter 17, verse number 20. Matthew chapter 17, verse number 20. And so this is, this is uh, after some things have happened. And this is after the transfiguration. This is after the boy is healed. This is right here, kind of right in the middle. And it says, so Jesus said to them, he's talking to the disciples. He says, because of your unbelief. For assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. And nothing will be impossible for you. So Jesus, he's talking about faith here in Matthew 17, 20. And how many of us have ever been, I remember when I first got born again years ago, it's like 100 years ago, it feels like, there, we had a Bible study on Friday nights. My brother Mark led a Bible study on Friday nights. And as a whole big group of people went, and uh, I remember one, one time they had, they brought out mustard seeds. How many have ever been in a, a Bible study, or you've been in Sunday school class, or you've been somewhere, and they brought out the mustard seeds? And I was going to bring out the mustard seeds today, because we have them. We have a whole big thing of mustard seeds. But I was like, you know what, we've, all, we've probably all seen a mustard seed. If you haven't, even if I held it up, you can't see it, because it's so small. It's a little tiny thing. And see, Jesus is always using parables. And a parable is a way to explain something using something that you understand. And so many times throughout the New Testament, Jesus would say, the kingdom of God is like. The kingdom of God is like. And he would say, he would say about farming, about agriculture, about, about taxes, about this, about that. And so when we look here, Jesus is saying, he says, I say to you, now he's already called them out on their unbelief. He's already said, you know, what, what in the world? And then he says, I say to you, if you have faith. Now we learned the very first day of this series that to every man is given a measure of faith. So we all have it. When you get born again, you got a measure of faith. How many would think now nah, a mustard seed is tiny? I could be holding one right now and you wouldn't even know it. I'll just pretend my mustard seed, right? Because it's so small. It's so small, right? He says, if you have faith as a mustard seed. So he's saying, if you've just got a tiny, 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 tiny bit, just a tiny bit, you will say to this mountain, 
move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Faith like a mustard seed. Faith like a mustard seed. And when we read that, I think it's so important because we've all heard it. Even people that don't know anything about anything will be like, oh, mustard seed faith, right? It amazes me, people that don't know anything about the Bible, they don't know anything about Jesus, they're not even in relationship with Jesus, but they always know usually two things. They know about Job's boils, right? They know about Job, and they know about mustard seed faith. And so here, we're looking here, and I want us to see a couple things that might, might look at it in a different way, because I think we'd all agree, I've got at least mustard seed faith. How many would say, I, I've got at least mustard seed faith? Listen, if you're born again, you got more faith than you realize. And so here's the thing I want to see. Number one thing from this, so I'm learning from Jesus, is your problems always look bigger than your faith. Isn't that true? Your problems always are going to look bigger than your faith. Because we're, we're looking here in Jesus, he, you know, he's talking about stuff that's happened. They've had the Mount of Transfiguration, verse number 14. They come down from the mountain, a guy's there, and he said, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he's an epileptic and suffers severely. And he's saying, you know, what's happened? This problem looked huge. It looked huge. And you know what? Whatever problem you got going on, the problems we have in our nation, they look huge because they are huge. They are huge. Your problems always look bigger than your faith. Always. The very nature of a mustard seed. Jesus could have used any kind of seed. He didn't have it with him. He just said, if you have mustard seed faith. He didn't pull one out of his pocket. He just said, because he knew it was the tiniest one. But here's the thing. The nature of a mustard seed is that it's very small. It's very small. How can a faith so small in measure, how can it measure up to our problems, which always seem so big to us? Jesus was challenging the mindset of faith. He was saying, he was challenging it. He's saying, your faith was too tiny to handle any problems. And that's very common for us to think. And here's how you know if you think this way. I got to get somebody else to pray with me. I got to get somebody else to pray for me. Or we don't even use our faith because we feel like it's ineffective and it won't do anything. You've got to change your way of thinking. Jesus said, if you've even got a mustard seed of faith, you can move mountains. Jesus is trying to get us to see, listen, you have what it takes. You have what it takes. You have what it takes. Because so often the enemy is trying to tell you there's nothing you can do. Nothing's going to work. What good is it going to do? What good is it going to do? And that's the first kind of thought. We don't say these kind of things out loud. But it's one of the first thoughts we have. Because if we realized how much our prayer would do, we would do it. We would do it. But we, we, we don't think it's going to do anything. We don't think it's going to change anything. We don't think it's going to make any difference because we see our, our faith as too small, as too ineffective, as too something. And Jesus is saying, listen, you need to flip the switch and realize if you even have a mustard seed of faith, nothing's going to be impossible for you. Isn't that, a different, isn't that what Jesus is trying to say? And so we've got to realize, listen, your faith, your, your problems are always going to look bigger than your faith. 
but they're not. It just, it just looks that way. It just looks that way. If we were to put just a little tiny mustard seed here and say, here's the answer to all your problems, we'd be like, all right. <laughs> okay, yeah, whatever. 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 And Jesus is saying, listen, you, you do have what it takes. Amen? Jesus is challenging our mindset. My faith will be what I really need it to be. My faith is what I need. My faith is what I need. Jesus is telling us, listen, it's always going to look bigger. The world is always going to seem like it's so powerful, right? It's always going to look like, man, there's no way to turn this ship. There's nowhere to ch no way to change this direction. The enemy will try to tell you that when, when things are going off in your life, when your kids are doing crazy stuff, when your marriage is starting to get rocky, when, when your finances are going down the tube, the enemy will always try to tell you there's no way to turn this around. But Jesus said, if you just even have a mustard seed, if you just have a mustard seed, you can move something. Amen? You can do something. Just with a mustard seed. If I were to ask you to write down a list of your problems right now, write down a list of your problems, you probably talk about maybe a, a recent health diagnosis, maybe some bills that need to be paid, maybe a marriage, maybe raising your kids, and uh, maybe things that, you know, you, you've lost a job, or, or family relationships, your career's not going. The list will always look bigger than your faith. But we need to not let that scare us, because here's the second thing I want us to realize Small faith handles big problems. Do you grab that? Small faith can handle big problems. That's what Jesus is saying. He, say, he, say, he, could, he could have said, see this watermelon. See this, whatever, something big. If you have this kind of faith. He could have looked at the mountain and said, if you have this big of faith. Right? But no. He said, if you have faith as a mustard seed. You can move this mountain. See, the world will tell you this mountain can't be moved. This mountain is too big. This mountain is huge. You need a mountain to move a mountain. Isn't that what we think? We need a mountain to move a mountain. No, Jesus said if you have mustard seed faith, you can move a mountain. Small faith can handle big problems. I don't know about you, but that, 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 that excites me. Because there's a lot of times that I feel like I got small faith. I feel like I'm not equipped. I feel like I'm not able. I feel like I'm not ready. I feel like I don't have what it takes. But Jesus is saying, if you've just got a little tiny mustard seed of faith, you can do it. Yes. You can do it. I, I don't know about you, but that, that just blesses me. Maybe I'm the only one that struggles in that area sometimes. I'm glad that I don't have to go by what I feel, aren't you? I'm going to go by what Jesus said. And so Jesus is showing me, he said, small faith handles big problems. How many got some big problems? You got what it takes. Amen? You might be showing, showing us your list of problems to Jesus and, and, having, and hearing him to say, see all this mess? My faith isn't big enough for this. See, see what's happening in my family? My faith isn't big, big enough for this. It's too small. But Jesus answers that even... Small faith, you aren't out of the game. Even with small faith, you can still do the impossible. Small faith manages big problems. 
Your faith doesn't have to be, listen to me, your faith doesn't have to be mountain-sized in order to move a mountain-sized problem. That's what Jesus said. Isn't that good? Just think about that. How many of us have just let something be, let something grow, let something go, because we didn't think we had the faith to make a difference? You let something grow out of control. You let something go that you cared about. You let something just be, because you're like, what, what, what can I do? What can I do? This is never going to change. The doctor said this. It's never going to change. This is how my family's always been. It's never going to change. She said she's gone. It's never going to change. He said it's over. It's never going to change. My kids said they're done with Jesus. It's never going to change. It's never going to change, and we just let it be. And we say stupid stuff like, it is what it is. Instead of reaching down and remembering what Jesus said, that even if I have mustard seed faith, the smallest seed there was, if I have mustard seed faith, nothing's impossible for me. Isn't that good? That's a whole lot better than your amen, and I'll tell you that right now. You're not getting it. Because I'll tell you what, I, I, I mean, maybe there's somebody in here, but can, is there anybody in here who say, I've got mountain-sized faith. Well, let's see you move something then. Amen? Come and pray for me, right? Here, come on. Take the place. No, we're all, because if we realize how, how strong just the faith we have, we gotta, we got to remember, Jesus is telling us the faith you have is stronger than you think. The faith you have is stronger than you think. Your faith doesn't have to be mountain-sized to move a mountain-sized problem. That's good. Mustard, here's the thing about mustard seeds, though. They're not meant to stay seeds. They're not meant to stay seeds. You know, whenever you go to Home Depot and they've got that little rack in the, in the, in the, uh, in the plant section, I can only go there with permission. I'm just kidding. But you go there and they got that whole rack and it's got like every, everything you can think of. Is There's a seed for it right there. Right? You know, and one day I'm just looking at that and I'm just thinking, look at all the potential. <laughs> look at all, there's zucchini potential. There's corn potential. There's, there's every kind of potential. Just sitting there in a package. Those, those seeds were never meant to just sit in Home Depot in a package. They're meant to be planted. They're meant to be watered. They're meant to be fed. They're meant to be nourished. They're meant to be, to grow. Just like your mustard seed faith is meant to grow. It's meant to grow. Mustard seeds aren't meant to stay seeds. They're meant to grow, to be planted, to grow. And here's the thing about a mustard seed. Now remember, Jesus could have picked any kind of seed. Any kind of seed, any kind of seed. He's Jesus. He could have picked anyone, but he picked a mustard seed. Here's the thing about a mustard seed. It grows fast. It's a fast-growing and hardy tree. It grows strong, it go grows fast, and it grows big. And you know what? 
Jesus said, if you've got mustard seed faith, Jesus knows seeds aren't meant to stay seeds. If you'll plant it, if you'll let it plant in you, it's in you, but if you'll let it plant in you. I don't know about you, but I've got, if you go in my shed at home, and I use my shed very loosely because it's really, I hardly ever go in there, it's, but it's at our house, I guarantee you will find a pack of seeds. Because there have been so many times that I've stood in front of that possibility rack and thought, I could grow this. I could do this. And I take it home, and I go, and it's hot, and it's sweaty, and I put it in the, in the shed, and I think I'll do it later. Guarantee it. But you know what? How many of us have done the exact same thing with our faith? We've heard a message. We've gotten inspired by Jesus. And we've said, I can do that. I can do that. I can use my faith. The great I am. We sing the song. And then we go home and we put it in a drawer. And we don't think about it again till next Sunday. We're like, oh, yeah, I got that seed. I got that seed. You know what? Last week could have been a whole lot different. You start nurturing that seed now, and it's going to grow, and it's going to grow fast. Don't let the enemy tell you, oh, it's going to take forever. No, mustard, Jesus could have picked any seed, but he picked a fast-growing, hardy, big tree that starts with a tiny, tiny seed. And you know what he's telling us? That's your faith. If you got that kind of faith, your faith is the same way. It can start out as a tiny seed, but with proper care, proper attention, it can flourish into something vibrant and substantial. But you, we got to take that seed and do something with it. We all have the seed. We've all been given the measure of faith. We all have the seed. But we've got to take it out of the package. We've got to plant it. Say, so how do I plant it? It's, it's already in me. I just start feeding it. How do I feed it? The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word. And the more of the word I hear and the more I use it, you know what's going to happen? I'm going to have a big old mustard plant, big old mustard tree. I looked up some pictures of mustard trees. They're pretty big. And when we look at this, Jesus is comparing faith to a mustard seed. Here's the thing I want us to see, and this is going to kind of turn the direction a little bit. So we all know, even with a little tiny bit of faith, Jesus said, you can move. He said, you can speak. He's, he's, he's right by a mountain. He said, you can move this mountain. He saw mountains are big things in our life, things that need to change, things that need to go, things that need to grow, things that need to change. And Jesus is doing that. And so over here in Matthew 17, 20, he says, you will say to this mountain. So he's talking about a mountain. He will say, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. But here's the really interesting thing that's happened. It's, this is because what did I tell you happened in Matthew 17? Matthew 17 starts with the Mount of Transfiguration. How many are like, hmm, See some mountain stuff going on. Because here's what happens. In Matthew 17, one, when it starts out in verse number one, it says, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, led them up high on a high mountain. 
by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Verse number three says, And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. This just happened. But you know, you say, how do you know it just happened? It just happened because we read it in Matthew 17, and it talks, in verse number 1, it talks about everything that happens. And then in verse number 14, it says, and when they had come to the multitude, he comes down from the mountain. There's a man kneeling down, and guess what he's asking? He's asking him to heal his son, and that's when that happened. And that's when Jesus says, oh, you faithless and perverse generation, over in another, in another book. And then he says, if you have seed, of, if you have faith as a mustard seed. This all happens. It all happens. You say, why is that important? Well, it is kind of important because here's a couple of things. We realize how intertwined this is. Jesus is saying, man, you just need a little bit of faith. These guys were just up on a mountain and saw Jesus transfigured. They saw Moses and Elijah appear. It's those same people he's talking to. Isn't that incredible? Next time you're feeling bad for yourself, just read through the disciples and say, man, they don't have it together either. <laughs> these, these guys don't have it together either. If the enemy's trying to tell you, man, you can't do anything, you don't have it together, you don't know the books of the Bible, you don't know this, you, don't, you said the wrong thing, you did the wrong thing, just read the disciples, man, they were the same as you. Same as me. But yet they still did amazing things. Amen. They still were able to be used by God. And here's a couple of things I want us to just see from this. This is chapter 17. One thing is faith gives you a glimpse of heaven. Faith to give you a glimpse of heaven. The Bible says we've been saved through faith. Ephesians 2.8 tells us that. And faith is a gateway to heaven because here's these guys. They go up on the mountain and they, they see what has happened here. And they, and, but the thing is, like a lot of people ask, they ask this question. It's a very common question. Will we know each other in heaven? The answer is yes. You're, you're you. You're going to be you in heaven. You're just going to leave a whole lot of baggage here. Somebody say, thank God. Amen. Thank God. Will we know each other? Yeah. You know how I know? There's many scriptures, but one of them is because they knew who Elisha and Moses were. And, and it wasn't in their lifetime. This was thousands of years beforehand. But somehow they knew who they were. You know why? Because faith will give you a glimpse into heaven. Faith is like the bridge of heaven. Our faith is powerful. And so all this is happening and, and everything's going on. They recognize them. And then Peter speaks up. And this is in verse number four. He says, then Peter answered, even though Peter was never asked a question. How many know somebody like that? You're always answering, but nobody's asking you. Right? See, you, 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 there's, there's hope for us. Amen? It says, then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, let us make th here three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And so what's happened here is, you know, Peter's speaking up. He's answering a question. And here's the thing about faith. Say, I've got faith. A lot of times we want to hold on to great moments of faith and not move on. Listen, you can't live off yesterday's miracle. How many know the world needs a miracle today? The world needs a miracle today. 
And so we're learning a lot from just this, this one chapter. We're learning that if I have small faith, I can do big things. That I don't need mountain-sized faith to move a mountain. I can just take my mustard seed faith. And if I'll nourish my mustard seed faith, it'll grow. And it'll grow fast. And it'll grow hearty. And it'll grow strong. And it'll grow big. Man, if mustard seeds can move a mountain, man, imagine what a full-grown, planted, grown mustard seed faith can do. Amen? Your faith isn't meant to, to stay a seed level. It's meant to grow. And you know how it grows? We don't just stay on one thing. We don't just stay on one. We don't say, oh, man, I, got, I prayed and got my rent paid one time and then stopped there. Oh, I prayed and prayed and this happened one time. No, we need to keep moving because here Peter answers. He's not asked anything. And then he has the understatement of the year. He says, Lord, this is good. They just saw Moses and Elijah. And then God spoke down from heaven and said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. We don't know the story. And then what is Peter? I mean, this just happened. And Peter's like, this is good. This is good. He wants to stay there, and he wants to build a monument. Don't build a monument on something big God has done. Look to what else God wants to do. Yeah. Amen? Don't, because if you, if you let your faith just stay in one, one success that you had, one mountaintop moment that you had, you know what? It won't grow, and you're going to need it to grow. You're going to need it for something else, and Jesus, he shows us this because he didn't let them build a monument there. You know what he did? He made them come down. He made him come down. And he showed us as soon as they came down, there was someone there with a need. You know why? Because our faith is not just for me. My faith is supposed to be used to influence other things. My faith is not just for my problems. It's not just for me to celebrate. It's not for me to be on a mountaintop. My faith is for the problems the world has. That's why you've got to pray for not just us four and no more. You've got to get outside your prayer box and pray for the president and pray for the senators and pray for the congressmen and pray for the police officers and pray for the mayors and pray for the pastors. You've got to get outside yourself. That's what your faith is for. And Jesus is showing us that. He's like, listen, he, he, over here in the mountain of transfiguration, something huge happens. I mean, this is huge. And, and Peter's like, this is good. Let's build a monument. Let's stay here. This is awesome. And Jesus is like, let's go. Let's go. You can't stay on mountaintops of faith. You got to go get another mountain. You got to go move another mountain. You got to go pray for another sick person. And that's what Jesus shows us by example. He's up there. That big thing happened. Then he came down. And the Bible says that he commanded the disciples to come down. Peter's wanting to build a monument. He's wanting to stay up there. He's wanting to just sit around and talk about what God used to do. How many of you have ever met a believer like that? All they want to talk about is what God used to do or what God did in the past. Man, what, what's God doing today? What, what are you doing today? I remember the Lord corrected me so strongly about that. I was in Walgreens, and uh, for the sake of time, we got to go. I was in Walgreens, and, I, and this guy was there. Long story, I prayed for this guy, and I was like, look at me praying for this guy. I don't even know this guy. And I'm praying for him, laid my hands on him. Power of God hit him. It was powerful. It was awesome. For weeks, I was like, I, I mean, I really thought I was something, you know? I was like, man, God is using me. I am moving in the, in the gifts of the Spirit. I am stepping out in faith. And God was like, what'd you do today? 
I was like, Lord, I didn't even know that guy. I didn't even know. He barely spoke English. But I, but, and the Lord's like, basically, I mean, I didn't realize it then. He's saying, get down off that mountain. There's more people that need prayer. There's more places for your faith to be used. Let's not build a monument on what you did in the past. Let's talk about what we're doing today. And that's what Jesus is showing us. He's saying, listen, this big thing happened. And you know, we've had big things happen. Man, I've laid hands on people that were supposed to die and they didn't. I've laid hands on people where something, uh, a spot, and you know, we can, we can be encouraged by those things, but we can't build monuments on them. And you know what happens when you build a monument? You stand there and look at it. You don't want to move from it. So yeah, that happened, and praise the Lord. Praise the Lord that spot wasn't on their liver anymore. Praise the Lord that, you know, I mean, the list is long. Praise the Lord. But I can't stay there. And that's what Jesus is showing us. He's like, listen, big things are going to happen. You're going to have mountaintops of faith, but you can't stay on the mountain. Because we, we're not supposed to have, have mountaintop faith. We're supposed to walk by faith. We live by faith. And so just in this, this chapter, Matthew 17, I've learned so much. Number one, don't build a monument on what God's done. Rejoice, give the testimony, but know you got to come down because on the, on the other side of that mountain, there's people that need you. There are situations that need faith applied to them. And Jesus reminds us, never underestimate the power of small faith. Don't under underestimate how powerful you really are. That's like the, the, the uh, storyline of every Marvel movie, right? Every hero movie. You have great power, and with great power comes great responsibility. How many know where that's from? Spider-Man, right? Uh, but you know what? That's true for us. All those Marvel things, so, so often, many of them, you read the origin stories of them, they come from, from people that knew God. They're telling godly stories through, through, they're stealing godly truths and putting them into a comic. But you know what? Godly truths are more powerful than comics because it's not make-believe. It's real. You have great faith. You have faith as a mustard seed. You can move a mountain. What do I got to do? I just got to use it. And we're going to learn how to use that faith. We're going to be reminded because we know we're going to be reminded, how do I use the mustard seed I got next week? Let's pray together. Father, I pray for all of us in here today. Lord. We